Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Okay, so we're reading through my book, The Pesky Kids 2, Bear in the Woods, and we're up to Chapter 11, The Cat Lady. Here we go. I brought your intern, said Constable Pike, calling through the screen door as he kept a firm grip on Finn's collar. About time, grumbled the cat lady from somewhere at the back of the small farmhouse. The building was even more run down than Dad's place, and much smaller. Through the wire mesh of the screen door, all Finn could see was a mess of clutter. There were old magazines, faded posters, and lots of books littered about. They heard the cat lady approaching on her crutches. Expected to see you here two hours ago, young man. No one told me about that, complained Finn. He didn't have April's naked audacity. He didn't like letting people down, and to let an old lady with a broken leg down made him feel particularly ashamed, even though logically he was in no way to blame because no one told him about the appointment. He felt ashamed nonetheless. "'I'll leave you to it,' said Constable Pike, grinning. He was clearly delighted to have finally got the better of one of the pesky kids. "'Officer Odinson's got the other three kids on a bear hunt down by the creek, so i better check up on them.' "'What?' snapped the cat lady." You're wasting your time. There are no bears in this country. I know, but I'd better keep an eye on them, said Constable Pike, in case they see a platypus and think they're being attacked by an inland dolphin. The constable chuckled to himself as he walked away. That man is nothing but a lummox, muttered the cat lady. Yeah, agreed Finn. The cat lady whipped around, surprisingly nimbly considering she was on crutches, and glared hard at Finn. Don't speak that way about adults in a position of authority. You should show respect. I was just agreeing with you, argued Finn. No excuses, snapped the cat lady. You've got work to get on with. I thought you were meant to be training me up, said Finn, so I could fulfil the cat lady responsibilities for generations to come. The cat lady just snorted. It wasn't clear what she meant by this, but Finn took it to mean contempt so great it couldn't be expressed in words. I can't start training you until the jobs are done, said the cat lady, and I can't do them myself because you broke my leg. I did not break your leg, argued Finn. There were dozens of witnesses who say otherwise, snarled the cat lady. That's just because they all hate my family, said Finn. Not my problem, said the cat lady. Are you going to get on with this, or do I have to call Constable Nitwit back so you can pay him that $1,000 fine? Finn sighed. What do you want me to do? He was expecting her to say, make me a cup of tea or do the dishes, but the cat lady had other things in mind. First up, Clean the gutters, said the cat lady. Of the house, exclaimed Finn disbelievingly. What other type of gutters are there, asked the cat lady. Go on, the quicker you get it done, the quicker we can get on with your training. Fine, said Finn. Where do you keep your ladder? I don't have a ladder, said the cat lady. Just climb up the balustrade of the veranda. You're kidding, said Finn. That doesn't sound very safe. 
What makes you think a ladder is safe? asked the cat lady. Ladders give a false sense of security. Two slippery feet resting on uneven ground. A ladder is nothing but a death trap. Do you know how many domestic accidents are caused by idiots on ladders? A lot, guessed Finn. That's right, said the cat lady. People feel safe on ladders, so they do stupid things. But if you climb up the balustrade, you know you're doing something dangerous, so you'll be more careful, which is why it's much safer than using a ladder. Finn squinted as he thought about this. He was pretty sure it made no sense, but he decided it'd be quicker and easier just to clean the gutters rather than continue his argument with the cat lady. Getting up on the roof was, as the cat lady predicted, difficult and dangerous, but Finn found that by hugging the vertical post of the veranda with his legs and grabbing hold of the television aerial on the corner of the roof, he was able to pull himself up eventually. Once up on the roof, things were not any safer. The corrugated iron was rusty and caked in lichen, as well as slippery black stuff that looked a lot like mould. It was very hard to keep a secure footing. Finn slipped a couple of times, but by throwing himself face down on the corrugated iron and splaying his arms out wide, he was able to create enough surface resistance to avoid sliding off entirely. But the worst bit was the actual gutters. They were disgusting beyond imagination. Finn had expected to be cleaning out leaves, but the leaves were only a small part of the problem. The majority of the gunk in the gutters was rotten leaves, which stank and were slimy and slippery. But there were also small plants, bird poo, and weird random objects like frisbees, tennis balls, and for some reason, cutlery that apparently been thrown up there. Two and a half hours after Finn first climbed up on the roof, the job was finally done. Finn had scraped most of the skin off his knuckles and banged his shin sliding back down the veranda post, but he had survived and the gutters were now clean. He stomped over to the front door and called in through the screen. All done. Took you long enough, said the cat lady, swinging towards him on her crutches. She was eating a biscuit. Finn would have dearly loved a biscuit right then. She must have seen him staring at the food in her hand because she asked, Want something to eat? Yes, please, said Finn. It's funny how hunger makes the most incorrigible child suddenly polite. The cat lady popped the whole biscuit in her mouth, chewed and swallowed. I'll make you a sandwich while you muck out the animals. What? asked Finn. He was brain-addled from all the adrenaline after several near-death experiences on the roof, heat exposure from the sun reflected off the corrugated iron, and now hunger. He thought he'd misheard her. You can have some lunch after you muck out the animals, said the cat lady. Shouldn't take long. The shovel's out by the barn. Finn was confused. By muck, you mean poo. Animal poo, explained the cat lady. Finn looked about. The only animals he could see were a few sheep in the fields. Surely she didn't want him to go around picking up their poo. Where are the animals you want me to de-muck, he asked. In the barn, said the cat lady slowly, as if Finn was a total idiot. You don't know much about farm life, do you? No, agreed Finn. The barn is the big building around the back of the house, said the cat lady. Surely you noticed it when you were up on the roof. Yes, said Finn. He'd noticed it and been deeply grateful it did not have gutters. You need to muck out all the dirty straw in there, said the cat lady. Chuck that in the slurry pit, then lay out fresh straw for them. You'll find it up in the loft. You better get on with it. She checked her watch. Otherwise, it'll be dinner time before you get lunch. 
Finn trudged out to the barn, which seemed even bigger now that he was at ground level. It was twice the size of the house, and he could hear noises inside of animals moving about. He took a deep breath, reasoning that there was no way the inside of the barn was going to smell good, then swung open the door. Finn was pleasantly surprised. Unlike the cat lady's house, the barn was clean and neat. There were about ten stalls of varying sizes. He couldn't see exactly what sort of animals were inside behind their stall dolls, but it actually smelled quite nice. It was the sweet smell of warm, clean straw, stock feed, and animals, but not particularly stinky ones. The floor in the middle of the barn was pristinely clean concrete. He looked up to see the hayloft, with dozens of neatly stacked bales. All he had to do was clear out ten stalls worth of poo, and his sense of smell told him there wasn't much of that. Finn approached the largest stall and peeked over the gate. It was entirely empty. No animals and no muck in there. Perhaps this job wouldn't be so bad. Finn was entirely wrong, as he soon found when he went to the next stall and discovered the occupant. He was expecting a docile cow, or perhaps a non-intimidating sheep. What he found was a camel. Now, camels in real life are larger than you might expect. They're bigger than horses and cows, and unlike the illustrations you may have seen of wise men in the nativity story, camels in real life can be very bad-tempered. And when they're bad-tempered, they spit. Which is what this camel did, right in Finn's face, as soon as he stepped into the stall. Oh! cried Finn. The camel roared. Well, it didn't actually roar. Camels make more of a groaning noise. But by now, Finn was frightened of the giant spitting creature, so it sounded like a roar to him. I just want your poo, cried Finn. The camel spat again, but Finn was prepared this time. He ducked as the spittle left the camel's mouth. As he did so, he spotted a large dark pile on the floor behind the camel. That had to be the poo. Finn thrust his spade forward, scooped the poo up, then broke the backwards land speed record for a 13-year-old boy carrying a shovel full of dung. The camel bellowed again, and Finn slammed the stall door shut, collapsing back against it. Two stalls down, eight to go. And that is the end of the chapter, so we'll leave it there, and until next time, goodbye. <laughs>